Chapter 5 Peekaboo Freddie Mercury was one of my bestest, best friends. We would hang out whenever we could, and I'd go over to his place in Kensington and eat the most amazing goddamn coronation chicken you've ever had. That was Freddie's signature dish. He'd cook it whenever I came over. It was good enough to make Queen Elizabeth say, Well, shit, I should have another plate of that. I'm not making it up. I heard her say it twice. God rest her soul. Fred and I would hang out and watch old-ass movies. Starring my mother, Hollywood star Regina Turlington. Uh, they mimicked a Regina Turlington photo for one of the Queen album covers. I, uh, I think it was News of the World or Jazz. I can never remember. All I remember is that Freddie Mercury was the fucking best. When he passed in 1991, I was a fucking wreck. To this day, if I hear anything off the album The Game, I become a blubbering mess. Anything off the album The Miracle? <laughs> I'm fine. Come on. Never understood the damn thing. A four-headed creature singing a song called The Invisible Man? Now that is batshit crazy. I once told Brian May about this and he scoffed. Well, maybe you just aren't smart enough to understand it. Brian, buddy, say something like that again, and I'll hit you so hard, you'll forget the names of every planet. And before he could respond, I changed my mind and went through with my punch, landing it square in his stomach. Puked everywhere. Hell, I even think he puked a small red guitar. There was so much mess, it was like watching a John Carpenter film. And to this day, despite being some kind of space scientist or some shit, Brian May still can't name the planets. Stars, constellations, he'll rattle that horse shit off until you wish you were in fucking space yourself, screaming for mercy. Planets? He just can't fucking do it. He quickly changes the subject or tries to convince you that the phrase, uh, Christine, look over there, good lord, I do believe it's a rabbit, is the name of Pluto. A whole fucking sentence. Come the fuck on, Brian. But yeah, he's an okay guy. He had my character written into their film, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was going to be played by Hugh Grant until at the last moment, they pulled me out. Said it was too mean or some shit. I hope this life gives me one more chance to hit Brian May. In April 1992, I was invited to speak and sing the song Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon with Queen at the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert. Sweet Christ, what a show! Wembley fucking Stadium. The site where Queen changed the world in 1985. A joint performance from Dire Straits and Sting also changed the world that day. But this chapter isn't fucking about them. I'll get to those gigantic assholes in good time. Trust me, I could write a book just about Mark Knopfler. He is my mortal enemy. He knows it. And when I Highlander him, I will take the prize. Oh, man. Freddie would have loved every moment of the memorial show. Except for Extreme. He would have asked me to remove them, and I would have enjoyed every fucking minute of it. Yeah, Nino? Guys? Uh, Freddie needs you to scram. Why? Why? <laughs> well, look at yourself. Maybe even listen to your fucking music. It's time to kick rocks, Nuno. Wholehearted is an okay song, though. Why wasn't it as big as More Than Words? I'll never know. It's basically the same fucking song structure. Soft bullshit with an acoustic guitar. I arrive at Wembley dressed in all black, wearing a dark leather jacket with fringe, a black button-up shirt with an upside-down cross necklace. Anyone who saw me would immediately think, this motherfucker came to rock. As my limo pulled away, another took its place. An outstep fucking Tony Iommi, dressed the exact same way as me. 
You gotta be fucking kidding me. Iomi pointed at me and laughed. <laughs> Samses. Fucking Iomi. That was a brand new phrase that swept the world in 1992, actually coined by heavy metal legend and Black Sabbath founder Tony Iommi. All the metal guys were into making up new phrases in the early 90s. Ronnie James Dio had cool beans. Anthrax Scott Ian coined the phrase as if. Dave Mustaine had looks like it's boner patrol time. And Jimmy Page had not and Schwing long before Wayne's World came along. Hell, Schwing was the name of Zeppelin's in through the outdoor record for a good week before Jimmy was talked out of it by John Paul Jones. Personally, I still think it's a better title. Stepping out of the limo right behind Tony Iommi, God damn it. I knew I'd have to face him eventually. It was Queen bassist John Deacon. We'd had a falling out the last time I was at Wembley Stadium for Queen's triumphant dates there in 1986. It was the last time Deacon peekabooed me, and I hoped it would be the last. As for the last time he got me, he broke my fucking neck. I was in traction from 1986 to 1988, all thanks to John fucking Deacon. Oh, you're asking, Wisp, what's a peekaboo? Well, it isn't what you think. A normal human being would play peekaboo with two hands in front of their face, and then they would open their hands and say, peekaboo. It's typically played with small children and the members of Winger. Peekaboo, said Kip Winger, as he spun around doing some dumb fucking dance move that no one asked to see. She's only 17, and she loves a game of peekaboo. Disgusting. Abso-fucking-lutely disgusting. To John Deacon, bassist extraordinaire for Queen, it was completely different. It was more of a hide-and-seek, and I believe he started this on the game tour in 1980. He'd hide somewhere within a venue, and then when someone crossed his path, he'd drop from a ceiling or from behind a beer cart and start pummeling the person as hard as he could while screaming, Peekaboo! You know, I'll walk through a grocery store and see a father with his infant son. Peekaboo! The father will say to his child, and I will freeze in my tracks, taking a defensive stance! I quickly scan the area of the Safeway I'm in. I pull out my gun. You won't fucking get me this time, Deacon! I'm no longer allowed in any Safeway, and that's okay. Because they couldn't keep me safe. Anyway, back at the limo, Deacon starts walking my way and he winks at me. I quickly grab him by the collar of his members-only jacket. I know what that wink is, you fuck! Oh, do you wisp? Do ya? Deacon snarls at me. Queen security quickly pulls me off Deacon. See you soon, Wisp. Now, I calm down, and I just assume he's referring to later on in the memorial show when I'm supposed to sing with him. But then fucking Deacon winks at me again, and I'm stunned. Silent. What is this sick fuck planning? The show starts, and it is amazing. Just a wonderful energy in the air, like Freddy's spirit was swirling all around us, whispering, It might kill you this time, Wisp. Uh-oh. Freddy. What do you mean? Oh, he's been planning it since the miracle sessions. He wants you dead, darling. It's all he talks about anymore. But why? Something about the live killers tour. And with that, he was gone. I'm sure he wanted to fly off and go to the front of the stage to watch Metallica. (laughs) What a set. And I just stood there, stunned. And then it came to me. New York, 1979. I'm backstage at the Garden. Everyone is partying their dicks off. Warren Beatty, everyone from the love boat, Shelley Duvall, earth, wind, but no fire. It was insane. 
They had a children's ball pit just filled to the brim with cocaine. I jumped in. Snort, snort, gobble, a gobble. I'm the fucking king of New York. I climb my way out of the coke pit and lock eyes with John Deacon. He smiles as if he wants to be friends. I, in a coke-fueled rage, punch him square in the jaw while screaming, Tag, you're it! Deacon recoils in pain while eight of his teeth fly into the air. I catch all of them using the magic of cocaine to slow down time. This is a real thing. Look it up. My teeth whips my fucking teeth, cried Deacon. Goddamn blood everywhere. They're mine now, Deaky. Boom. Replay over. I'm back at Wembley 1992, and I am immediately fishing through the pocket of my trousers. Oh, God, please don't be in there. Please don't be in there. But goddammit, there they were. Eight perfect John Deacon teeth. From the stage, Deacon quickly looked my way, as if he could sense the teeth were there. Queen was about to break into Las Palabras de Amor. But instead, Deacon throws his bass down and jumps at least 100 feet. The crowd thought it was part of the show. Brian and Roger knew what was happening and motioned for Tony Iommi to run over and fill in on bass. <laughs> Same piece, said Iommi, not understanding that this phrase really doesn't work in this situation. I start running faster than I ever have. And before you know it, I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs outside the front of Wembley Stadium. I'm safe. I made it. But then I looked to the top of Wembley, and there he was, John fucking Deacon. In one swift movement, he flies toward me, knocking me to the ground. He holds me up and punches me into the sky. Peek-a-boo. I land on top of a black cab. Oi, get off me fucking cabe, shouted the cabbie right before Deacon snapped his neck. I quickly tried to limp away. But Deacon picks up the black cab and throws it at me. Ugh. Landing on top. This is it, I think. I'm finally going to die at the hands of John Deacon. peek a Howls Deacon as if he was some funky bass-playing demon. As he lifts the cab off me, he sniffs my broken body while laughing under his breath. He sniffs my pocket and rips my trousers clean off of me. In any other situation, I would be embarrassed being butt-ass naked on the streets of London. But in this case, there was so much blood and broken bone all over me. It was like I was wearing a pair of truly gruesome-looking pants. He rips into the trousers, pulling out eight perfect John Deacon teeth. He opens his demon mouth and shoves all of them back into place. He sits next to me, and slowly, his demon breathing becomes a thing of the past and he is transformed back into a mild-mannered bassist named John Deacon. Sorry, it had to come to this wisp. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Wanna go back inside? Sure, I'd like that. And in one movement, Deacon picks up the bag of bones known as Wisp Turlington and hurls me back toward Wembley Stadium. I fly through the opening of the roof and crash onto the stage at the feet of Tony Iommi who quickly notices and gets excited that we are both wearing the same style of Nike trainers. <laughs> same Ha 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 You bastard. You got it right that time, Tony Iommi. You got it right that time.